Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Today we have a wonderful message in store, talking about one of my favorite subjects, the awesome scriptures that God has given us, the inspired Word of God. And we're going to hear a message by Dr. Stevens about prophecy. If you have any doubts about the scriptures, this will help dispel some of those doubts and give clear definition as to how to think about the scriptures. Very important. And then we're going to talk about the effect of the scriptures on our lives in the second message. So sit back and enjoy. Thank you for being with us as we talk about Bible prophecy. Think with me as to why the Bible is so different than any other book in the world. With all the religions with all the many religions that we have, not one single religion has any prophecy in it. Not one other book, but this book, the Bible, has prophecy in it. Now, as you think with me, fellow said one time, he said, when I was knocking on doors, he said, I want you to know that I do not believe there is a God. I said, your name is in the Bible. He said, my name isn't in any Bible. I said, it is too. In Psalm 14.1, the fool said in his hat, there is no God. And uh, I met with a bunch of professional people for a total of seven hours straight from 8 o'clock until the next morning. And we had seven hours with this book. And they put this book on trial, and every single one of them, but one Unitarian, made a profession for Christ by four in the morning. See, this, this book is unique. We often read Micah 5 2, it describes Bethlehem, and then, of course, fulfilled and so beautifully in Matthew, and then the virgin birth, and so many of these prophecies, even to the point of, uh, Casting lots. Every single thing has been so beautifully fulfilled in the Word of God. The seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15 and fulfilled in Galatians 4.4. Abraham's seed, promised seed of Abraham in Genesis 18.18 and fulfilled in Acts 3.25. I just want you to see, I want you to listen and listen to these. Don't be familiar with them. Because this, this is why we've dedicated ourselves to this book. This is why we preached this book all these years. The promised seed of Jacob in Numbers 24.17 and fulfilled in Luke 3.34. I mean, no, just think now, no other book in the world does this. Not one single book does this. That Jesus will descend from the tribe of Judah in Genesis 49.10 and fulfilled in Luke 3.33. Prophecy after prophecy, the heir to the throne of David in Isaiah 9.7, and again fulfilled in Matthew 1.1. Then we gave you the place of his birth in Micah 5.2, fulfilled in Matthew 2.1. Even the time of his birth in Daniel 9.25, and fulfilled in Luke 2.1-2. Then Matthew 1.18, fulfilling the virgin birth of Isaiah uh, 7.14. Somebody said to me one time, they said, I do not believe in the virgin birth. And uh, do you? And I said, 
can you explain your own birth? They said, no, then forget trying to explain the virgin birth. I can explain it to you biologically and physiologically and factually, but you can't even explain your own birth. So you have people who really don't deal with this book. By the way, I like that poem. I was a little tadpole beginning to begin. Then I was a toad with my tail stuck in. Then I became a monkey in a bunion tree. But look at me now, I'm a Ph.D. <laughs> now that, I said that in Ames, New York one night. And little, and the pastor came up to me and he said, he said, I don't know how that went over tonight. He said, it's the first time we've ever had this Ph.D. here. <laughs> and he's an atheist. He's, a, he's an evolutionist, I'm sorry. He's an evolutionist. And I said, well, I didn't know it, so I didn't do it to embarrass him. But he, he, the pastor felt very uncomfortable that I said that because he finally got the Ph.D. to come out. Well, the infants would be massacred in Jeremiah 31.15, fulfilled in Matthew 2.16, when the terrible children, the, the slaying of those precious children in Bethlehem, two years old and under. Just think that that was prophesied in Jeremiah 31.15. Now, Ministry in Galilee in Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. I mean, right down to the letter fulfilled in Matthew 4, 12 to 16, that Jesus would be a prophet in Deuteronomy 18, 15. And that was amazingly fulfilled in John 6, 14. The rejection of the Jews in Isaiah 53 fulfilled in John 1, 11. The characteristics of Jesus in Isaiah 11, 2 fulfilled in John 12, 13, 14. Betrayed by a friend in Psalm 41, 9, fulfilled in Mark 14, 10. Think of it. 30 pieces of silver prophesied in Zechariah 11, 2, 11, 12, fulfilled in Matthew 26, 15. Think of it. The Holy Spirit even wrote 30 pieces of silver would be the price paid. Judas would be the one. And here it is fulfilled at, right here. In Matthew 26:15, money to be returned to the potter's field. That was prophesied in Zechariah 11:13, fulfilled in Matthew 27:6 and 7. Judas' office to be taken by another in Psalm 109:7 and 8, fulfilled in Acts 1:18 to 20. False witnesses would accuse him in Psalm 27:12, fulfilled in Matthew 26:16-61. Do you realize that this is why Roger Babson? got gloriously saved and wrote a tract and uh, many of those things I quote in certain certainties came from Roger Babson's material some of the things he wrote but of course the college declined and deteriorated afterwards after his death but Roger Babson was a tremendous Christian and he was a great mathematician he went into all the prophecies in the Bible and said for any two to be fulfilled, it would be two and six sectillion chances. In other words, if a prophecy could be in, for example, Isaiah 7.14 and Micah 5.2, for those prophecies to be fulfilled, there would be two and six sectillion chances on the basis of chance. And then we have silent when accused in Isaiah 53.7, fulfilled in Matthew 26.62 and 3. Silent when accused. Smitten and sped upon in Isaiah 50, verse 6. Fulfilled, Mark 14, 55. Hated without a cause. 
suffered vicariously, crucified with sinners, in Isaiah 53:12, fulfilled in Matthew 27, mocked and insulted, get, given gall and vinegar in Psalm 69:12, and fulfilled in John 19:29. Praying for his enemies, 109:4, fulfilled in Luke 23:34, pierced in his side, Zechariah 12:10, fulfilled in John 19:34. Soldiers casting lots, Psalm 22:18, fulfilled in Mark 15:24. Not a bone broken, Psalm 34:20. Just think of that, fulfilled in John 19:33. To be buried with the rich, Isaiah 53:9, fulfilled in Matthew 27:57 to 60. His resurrection, Psalm 16:10, fulfilled in Matthew 28:9, three days. His ascension, Psalm 68:18, fulfilled in Luke 24:50 and 51. Just think of this book. Now I want you to think of it. See, you get so familiar with the integrity of this book. See, this isn't just a book. This is a library of 66 books that the Holy Spirit inspired men to write. You, do you know now why any intelligent person would make a commitment to this book? Do you realize now why this book can counsel you right out of, right out of sorrow into joy, right out of problems into peace, right out of hate into love, right out of resentment into forgiveness? Do you realize why this is the book? There is no other. Do you realize there's no other godly counselor except it comes from the principles of this book in Isaiah 9, 6 and Psalm 35 and 11. I believe when birds, birds are pretty smart, when they will fly down south to Florida and land in the warm water of the, of the Gulf and stay there until spring. Now, what, what do you think? I asked the fellow once, I said, what, what do you think? makes that possible? He said, instinct. I said, no, it's not instinct. It's imparted wisdom. I said, I said do you ever think of how, that, how they navigate, what navigation that takes? In a straight line. Amazing navigation. And uh, he said, well, anything could happen like that. I said, well, then tell me. I said, how about a little spider in California, very small, that can build with the, with the web, will go up to a limb, bring it down to the side of an oyster shell, go back up, do it in this side, do it that side, and then the little spider, the oyster shell will lift six inches when, when the web is dried out, and first it's moist, and then the, the oyster shell will rise six inches, and that little spider did it. And I said, what do, what do you think made that spider have that kind of, uh, uh, whatever it is, and he said, he said, well, it just happened. I said, he said, this is what he said to me. He said, I don't even believe I exist. I said, you don't believe you exist? He said, no. He said, you can't make me, he, he went to college. He said, you can't make me believe that I exist. I said, I'm not going to try to. He said, I don't even believe I have a mind or a soul. I said, well, the first one's right. You don't have a mind. Uh, so that's pretty good, yes. And... Uh, but it's an amazing thing. Uh, I was witnessing one time, and they said, Peter has the keys. I said, yes, but Jesus Christ has the whole door, so I'm just going to go in the door <laughs> and use grace as the key. But it's a beautiful thing when you begin to realize that Ephesians 2 says that there is no hope in the world without God. 
And just imagine if you had to go to bed tonight and you didn't know this book. There's no hope without this book. That's why we believe in this book. That's why all those references I gave you, I've had, I've had those in my memory for years. Because, listen, just imagine this book tells you that you were made out of the dust of the earth and we proved to you that the elements in you came from the dust, didn't we? Hydrogen, is that right? Say it with me. Hydrogen. Then say carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, chlorine, sodium, magnesium, silicon, phosphorus, sulfur, potassium, calcium, iron, and iodine and traces of cobalt and copper and zinc. Well, that's what's in your body. He, God made you out of dust the earth, then he breathed into you the breath of life, and you had a human spirit through the breath of life. Well, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing when this is the only book in the world that tells you there's not in any library in human history Hear me now, there is no library, no information in any university or Ivy League college why women have pain when they have children except this book. It's never been recorded why. But Genesis 3, listen, a fellow said one time, he said, I, uh, he said, God didn't make Jesus without a man. I said, well, Satan ruined the world without a man. And Jesus Christ redeemed it without a man. In other words, Virgin Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit. You see, uh, this, this story is so beautiful because these prophecies given, the only ones in human history, come from this book. We had that guy get saved in Philadelphia who was a scientist who did not believe in the Bible. And then God convicted him of the Holy Spirit about the center of the earth was, was filled with liquid lava, waves, and fire, and terrible fire beneath. And he knew that's true. So he got up and he looked up in an old Bible his grandmother gave him in hell and found out that hell is from beneath. It's on fire. <laughs> that's, that's scientists got gloriously saved and spoke in our church and came through beautifully. Why? Because the center of the earth is on fire, and the Bible says that's where hell is. And so he said, well, my land, the Bible says it's down there, and it's red hot, and I know it's red hot. And he said, uh, I just want to be saved by grace. I don't want to take a chance. He said, I don't want to take a chance of going to hell. Now, men being cursed and having to work by the sweat of their brow, this is the only book that will tell you anything about that. This book is the only one that will tell you anything about stars that are having courses in Judges 5.20. No other book tells you. When they, when they first went in outer space, CBS said, We know something now. We know the earth is round. Well, Isaiah 40 verse 22 told us that before they ever went up in outer space, thank God. The earth is suspended, says Job 28.24 and 25. You know, they never... They never made a decision on, on believing that until, until hundreds of years later. Simple truth like that. The air has weight. They never knew that. That's in Job 28, 24, and 25. They never knew that the air had weight until 1648 with Pascal. 
1648, the dust in the atmosphere. They never understood the colors and the rainbows and all the harmonizing dust in the atmosphere with the sun. And Proverbs 8.26 explains it. They didn't understand the basic laws of thermodynamics or hydrodynamics. They, they didn't understand them. They were found in 1888. But Ecclesiastes 1.6 gives you the whole story in simplicity. You know why I made a decision I was going to be a preacher? I'd be preaching the greatest truth in the world. No other religious book can do it. There's not one prophecy in, in the Koran, and there's not one prophecy in any other religious book in the world's history except this book. Now, the water became hard like stone in Job 38.40. Henry Hudson, the 17th century, understood what that meant when he read the Bible, went into the Attic regions. Now, 250 names of planets in the Old Testament, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop into the Bible, never makes one single mistake. Now, when the Bible says so beautifully that they'll have a boat and they'll go down and live and hide in the water in Amos 9.3, do you think anyone ever believed that? They didn't understand that. But, well, they sure did. The first submarine went down there because this book is always right. Life in the blood. Henry Harvey in 1611 discovered this, uh, of the body due to circulation, that life of the body is due to circulation of the blood. And I know that that's 1611 with Henry Harvey. Uh, you, you all know Harvey. How many know Henry Harvey? Sure. Everybody knows Henry Harvey. Uh, Leprosy, Leviticus 13. And that kid from Germany read Leviticus. The principles were applied. And uh, leprosy was stopped because of the quarantine principle. Sterilization, Leviticus 15.13. Dr. Sam William Wallace, Hospital in Vienna in 1840, established sterilization out of Leviticus 15.13. Just think of that. Now, prophecy about the Jews in 1096 and that they would be persecuted and because they wouldn't accept the Messiah. 12,000 were killed in England in 1096. In 1384, one million were killed in Franconia, Bavaria, and Austria. In 1492, the Inquisition drove 300,000 Jews from Spain. In 1306, 100,000 were expelled from France. And needless to say, what Hitler did. Also, 400,000 Polish Jews were killed in 1648 to 1688, plus what Hitler did, so terrible to the precious Jewish people. But all of this was prophesied in Deuteronomy 28, 63 to 68. All this was prophesied in 1 Kings 9, 7. All this was prophesied in Deuteronomy 4, 27, 28, and 29. That's the amazing thing about this Bible that we hold in our hands today. The earth's gravitational fields were revealed in Genesis 1, 14 to 16. And you cannot name a single thing, whether it's airplanes in Isaiah 60, verse 8, and Isaiah 40, verse 31, whether it's automobiles in Nahum 2, 1 and 4. Now, everything about Jesus' life is true, and uh, the earth is round, and all these principles were revealed in this book. I want you to be thankful for this book. You brag on this book. 
I want you to be a soul winner with this book. I want you to do things you've never done in your life because of this book. You just get your shoulders back and yield to Jesus Christ and say, I represent a supernatural Bible, a supernatural God. I am supernaturally saved. I have a supernatural Christ dwelling in me, a supernatural faith from a supernatural word. And that doesn't just produce natural things. That produces the miracles of life. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Psalm 111, verse 7. The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. It's kind of hard for us to understand just the impact that this book and God's work has had through the ages. All around of Israel during that time were pagan peoples that really had no concept of of cause and effect, of surety, of verity. These things are really inherent in the worship of our God. God gives us order. He shows us truth. He shows us that things are real. And many cultures don't believe that the very seats that you're sitting on are real. They worship trees and and they think of their lives in very strange, what we would see to be as very strange ways, very deceived into thinking that their actions are different than what they are and they don't have the consequences that we would consider consequences maybe that they're li- that they're going to live their life over and over and over again and there's a hopelessness there of being trapped in a cycle of death but we know we know from God's word that that we live once and then there's the judgment that what we do right now today has eternal impact the decisions we make And that because God's word is truth and the fear of him is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding have all those who do his commandments. That God has imbibed in us that when we know him and when we've decided your way is right, God, God enlightens us. He enlightens our understanding and he draws us in and he gives us divine creativity in the way we live our lives and the way that we approach every single situation because I don't have to approach anything today and go, well, well, this is the way I have to do things today and this is the way I did them yesterday and I've kind of got a nice little cycle going. No, I can come to God early in the morning and go, God, I want to walk with you and then listen to his spirit and he draws me into an adventure and it can be that way every day because we've obeyed the commandment The commandment is, love me more than anything else. Consider me the most important thing in your life. And if you do that, if you seek my kingdom first, then I'm going to add all these other things unto you. So we've decided, yes, I'm going to do that. And something happens. 
we suddenly get good understanding. It's right, it's sure, it's logical, it's stable, it's true. We're not operating on some kind of hunch. We're not playing the odds. We, we know the truth, and the truth has set us free, and it enables us to go forward in creativity. An amazing life. We have life. Ezekiel 47, this passage, it just I thought it just typified this whole process. And you don't have to turn there if you don't want, but Ezekiel 47, 4. They're at the threshold of the temple, and he's in a vision. And again, he measured one... 1,000 and brought me through the waters and the waters came up to my knees. Again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters and again he measured 1,000 and it was a river I could not cross for the water was too deep water in which one must swim a river that could not be crossed. He said unto me Son of man have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I was returned there along the bank of the river, there were many trees on the side and on the other. And he said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because of these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live Wherever the river goes, it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Edengedi to Engelam. There will be places for spread their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. And it's when we mix faith with the word of God and we see God reveals to us his ways and then we make a decision that we're going to operate in these ways this understanding comes and what happens on either side, on both banks, all kinds of life starts to spring forth. And we, and it's not a river that we control. We wade into it to a point. We have to let go and let it take us. And the Word of God takes us where it wills us to go. And when we relinquish that control, we, we get to see the sights of life as the life goes by, we see the trees and we see what's happened. Where this healing water is gone and how it has healed that which was barren. We'll, we'll go to Psalm 119 here in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you that you've given us a possession 
this book is our possession. And it isn't just a book that has to sit and collect dust, but it's one that we we can open it and, and meet you there. And you you in, in give us freshness, like a drink of water out of the river of life. You revive our soul and you teach us and you change us and you give us understanding. Why? Because many are dying that don't live by the river and we can bring them there once we know the terrain and we know we know where to find the river we can we can bring people there and they can drink and be healed and get to know you and get to visit your temple and see see your loving arms outstretched to them thank you god thank you <laughs>